Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. And when the woman saw, that is Eve, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So she ate, he ate. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves aprons. Where we are now, I've now opened up various lines of inquiries that we actually need to pursue. So I'm going to run through that. Okay. The question is, how did the story of the encounter between Eve and serpent end? Obviously, we've read that in the story, but we are going to explore that. Okay. And what, the reason why we want to ask that is, what was the effect that the conversation that Eve had with the serpent, obviously with Satan, what was the effect that that conversation had on her? And what was the corresponding outcome? What was the corresponding outcome with respect with Eve and Adam? And how does that affect us, their descendants? How does that affect their relationship with God? How does that affect their relationship with Satan? Again, like we said, Adam was not deceived. The question, remember, we are talking about the inquiry that this story has opened up. Adam was not deceived. The question is, why did he eat? Why did Adam eat of that fruit? Adam knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, if he was deceived, then she ate. But Adam was absolutely not deceived. He had both eyes open. He knew what he was walking into. But Adam still went ahead to eat of that fruit. And the question is, why? More inquiry, what was in all this for Satan? What was in it for Satan? We have touched a little bit of that question, of that inquiry, but somewhere down the line, we have to look a little bit closely to that. And also we have to ask ourselves, what lesson can we learn from all this? Because this is not just about just telling story. It's about us learning lesson because we are passing, we are where we are. Okay, and we are facing our own challenges. We are facing our own temptation. And how does all this affect us? What lesson can we learn from all this, particularly with respect to the scheme, the deceit, the wiles of the devil, his strategies, his tactics, his tricks? We, because he used the same trick. He used the same deceit. He used the same schemes. He used the same, you know, lies. So what can we learn? Because Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 talks about the wiles of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 talks about the devices of the devil, his scheme, his strategies, his deceit, his tactics, his tricks. So what does this part of the scripture that we have read, that we are learning, that we are studying, what lesson can we learn? And also, we want to look at the question, the inquiry. What does this story, this story of the four, what does it reveal to us about the character and the nature of God. So let's go back. Let's let's deal with the first question. How did the story of the encounter between Eve and the serpent, how did it end? We've mentioned it. Very explicit. She ate, he ate, Satan won. 
But when you look at the, 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 the Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 to 7, it revealed to us that there were some things that happened to Eve as a result of this conversation that then led her to eating the fruit. Let me, I want to put it in a little bit of a graphic form so that you will see what I'm trying to say. That is the conversation that Eve had with the serpent or Eve had with Satan. And there was the action there. That was her and him eating the fruit. But actually, there was a connection. The conversation caused a shift inside Eve, and that shift inside Eve caused her to take the action she took. So her action was fundamentally her own action. Okay? And she cannot blame anybody for it. All right? So we are going to look at the Bible again and look at this shift. I want us to look at this. Again, remember, we are, we are studying this. Number one, we need to know what happened. Number two, this is exactly what the devil still does today. So let's, let's put that Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 to 7 back. This time around, we want to emphasize what happened inside Eve. The Bible says, and when the woman saw, now this is what happened. The conversation has happened, but the conversation is now causing a reaction inside Eve. This conversation is almost like somebody has sown a seed inside you, okay? Somebody has sown a seed and that seed is beginning to germinate. And this is what I'm saying. This is what makes the Eve action, this is what makes her responsible, okay? Because she acted out of her own processing of the information she was given. She acted out of her own acceptance or rejection of the information she was. She had to interact with that information and she has to make up her own mind whether what she was hearing was right or not. And the Bible says that the result of this conversation is that if so, that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired make one wise, then she took it. Now, if that conversation did not make this fundamental and foundational shift in her, she wouldn't have eaten. If this conversation has caused a righteous anger or a, a righteous indignation inside Eve, she would not have taken that fruit. But it went the other way. She saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof. So those are the three things that we saw here. If so, that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. This is quite interesting, though, because Eve has been seeing this tree of the knowledge of good and evil for some time. Now, the Bible didn't tell us the interval, the period be between the creation of Adam and Eve and when this fall happened. Eve has been seeing this tree for some time, and she didn't have this trinity of un unholy desire towards the tree. She didn't have this trinity of evil desire concerning the tree until the serpent energized by the devil comes along until she had this conversation. This conversation that then caused this shift that then made it easy for her to disobey God. Previously, she looked at the tree 
through God's word and commandment. Previously, she related to the tree according to the revelation, according to the instruction, according to the commandment, according to the word of God, and therefore correspondingly acted in obedience previously. But now something has shifted. Now something has changed. She has listened to another voice. She has listened to another voice. And not only that, she didn't only listen to it, she didn't interrogate that voice, she didn't cast that voice out, she didn't stop that voice, but she began to accept it. She now looked at the tree through Satan's lie and deceit, she bought a lie. The reason why Eve disobeyed God, disobeyed God's clear instruction, was totally blunted and blinded to what was going to be the inevitable result, catastrophe of this action. The reason why she took this step was because she bought the lies of the devil. She bought a lie. She now looked at the tree through Satan's lie and the said, and I see a lot of this happening today. People talking about eternal things because they have bought a lie. People challenging truths, the truth about God, the truth about life, the truth about the future, the truth about eternity, the truth about eternal judgment. People challenging that because they have bought into a lie. They are bought into a lie of atheism. They are bought into different lie of different ideology, whether they are, you know, philosophical or even sometimes religious ideology. People bought into a lie and that invariably will affect the way that we act or react. So this incident shows the power of conversation to effect a change of mind or a shift of worldview. This is very, very important. Conversation, narratives, and this is what the devil used today, social media. The devil controls the social media of this world. Government, evil government uses the machine of propaganda, oftentimes through social media, oftentimes through mainstream media, to actually control the narrative. And if you are not on your toe, if you are not on your toe and challenging this narrative because this narrative keep coming and keep coming from every angle. If you are not on your toe to challenge and to present the truth against this narrative, oftentimes the end is catastrophic. So this incident shows the power of conversation to effect a change of mind or a shift in movie. And we see all that in the social media today. I want to make, I mean, it's all over the across, but particularly TikTok today. We see young people do, you know, aggrieved, you know, weird things, dangerous things, just because they see it on TikTok or they see it on other social media. And people's lives have been ruined sometimes by, you know, by all this conversation and by all this narrative. I'm, to be clear, this can be used for good and can be used for evil. It can be used for good, good conversation. A dad sit down and have a good, godly conversation with his son or with his daughter. Mom, dad, children have 
conversation with their godly teachers. Okay. So I'm not saying that it can be used both ways and it has been used both ways. It has been used for good and it has been used for evil. I've watched many, many films. You know, I don't know if, if you're a sport person, there are times when you watch the first half of a, of, a, of a contest and the second half was totally different. And when you then hear the story, it's because the coach goes in there and, have, and give them a pep talk or give them a conversation that actually changed the atmosphere. In the time of war, we have leaders that come and give great speeches that actually encourage and lift the whole nation and finally lead to victory. So this is important. There is power in words. There's power in conversation that can change mind, that can change worldview, that people have used down history and are using even today to change mind, either for good or for evil. People talk today about fake news and there's a whole lot of that today. And technology is making some of these things even so much powerful. In the realm of sales, in the realm of advertisement, people know the power of these things and they use various means and various methods to try and convey their product across to, to, to try and lay down a narrative. Sometimes people use the power of movies and all sorts of things, music, put down a narrative. That is why the Bible says that evil, you know, evil conversation corrupt good manner. You know, when we move with, with the wrong pack, with the wrong group of people, it corrupts good manner. Also good conversation, good people, good group of people also can enhance good manners. Praise the Lord. So it is very, very important for us to know that there is need for us to learn how to enhance this power of conversation for good in our relationships, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with people, our husband, our wife, our spouses, our children, our parents, our friends, even strangers, even in evangelism. What do we do when we evangelize? It's conversation. It's not just mere conversation. There is power in that conversation. But that is what we do. We go to preach the gospel. And that is, that is why it is important to know how do I harness the power of conversation so that I can use it for good, so that I can use it to expose evil and to establish righteousness. Amen. So what we see here is Eve made a strategic mistake. And I'm going to look at that as we begin to to, to bring this to a close. She entered into this conversation and that's not a problem, okay? She entered into this conversation and that's not a problem. Why? Because she was well equipped to win that conversation. She was well equipped to win the conversation because for one thing, she had dominion over the serpent. She could have easily seen through the lies of the devil. She could have easily seen through the lie that the serpent was, you know, peddling. God has already told them, she, she has seen the goodness of God. She has seen the kindness of God. She has seen the, the blessing of God. She was living in an opulent garden of delight. Okay. God has been coming down to speak to them. So she definitely was equipped to expose this lie. She could have easily seen through that lie with the wisdom that God has given her, but she didn't do that. Also, like I said, she had the dominion. She had the power to actually command the serpent to shut up and get out. Sometimes in, there are some conversation you engage in, but there are some conversation you cast out. And this is very, very important. 
Eve had the wisdom to win this, but she also had the power to shut the mouth of the serpent and to cast it out. Even though she was well equipped to do this, yet she lost the narrative. Yet she lost this contest. The question is why? Like I said, very simple. Eve did not deploy all the resources, the wisdom and the power that was available to her. She was intellectually sloppy. And this is very important. She was intellectually sloppy. Let's read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And I'm going to read it in a couple of translations. King Jeffrey says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amplify says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it the spring, out of it flow the spring of life. The good Word, trans, God's word translation says, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flow from it. Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Eve was not, was not diligent in this encounter. I don't know why. I don't know the reason for this. The Bible didn't tell us. She had the wisdom. She had the power but she did not diligently apply it. The Bible says we should guard. Guard your heart more than anything else. Don't be sloppy. Don't expose yourself unnecessarily to unnecessary temptation. Guard your heart. Don't let people come around you and speak evil and poison your mind. Don't be a garbage can that people can just come and dump anything they want. Don't give people, don't make yours, make it difficult for people to come and be careless around you, especially concerning the things of God, running down the things of God. They can be shut them down. I don't, I am a Christian. You don't say that in this environment. You don't say that in this room. You don't say that in this house. Okay. If there are people that are open to, to conversation, you can converse with them to see if you can help them. But if they don't want to be helped, cast, stop their mouth and cast them out. Protect your mind. There are some, there are some channel you must not be listening to. There are some, there are some broadcasts you must not be exposing yourself to because you, you and I have to guard our heart. And there are some conversation you need to expose yourself to because they build your heart, because they build your capacity. Because they build your resolve. Eve was intellectually sloppy. She was overwhelmed by the sheer audacity and the volume of Satan's life. And there's a whole lot of that today. Do you know your body? God created our body to fight sicknesses. Do you know that? God created our body to fight sicknesses. But when the infection, when the infection is overwhelming, then the body is overwhelmed, cannot fight it again. And that is exactly what was happening here. Number one, the very audacity. You know, sometimes some people can tell such a big lie that you're beginning to wonder, what am I hearing? The audacity. You know, people are so bold. People are so loud because, because, because it's coming from the social media or because it is that is that professor that said it or it is that celebrity that said it? The audaciousness with which they say sometimes takes us aback. 
No, you must not allow that to overwhelm you. Or sometimes it's just the sheer volume. It, these things are coming to you from every side, from top, from bottom, from side, from front and back. You know, you are hearing it on social media. You are hearing it on the mainstream media. You are hearing it in your school. You are even hearing some of these lies in churches, in people that call themselves Christian. And sometimes the sheer volume of some of this lie can be overwhelming. That is the reason why, number one, you must not open your mind up to any job. Any, any information and number two, you fill your mind with the truth and then you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And finally, Eve allowed the opponent to dictate the terms of the conversation. You know, oftentimes people come, they want to dictate the time, you know, tell me, you know, prove to me why, why prove for me that God exists. Well, can you prove to me that God does not exist? Conversation is two ways, you know. If you want me to prove my, 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 my situation, my standing for you, you prove to me your own standing. Okay, don't allow the enemy to dictate the term of the conversation. If it's a conversation, it must be two ways. Unfortunately, I see a whole lot of people that want to come and talk to us as Christians, but they want us to answer their own question. They want to dictate take the time of the conversation now that is not right if you want me to prove something then you have to prove your own situation and your own state let's read romans chapter 12 verse 2 king james says and be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god let's read it from jp philip translation don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold but let god remove your mind from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop there today. There are still a couple of things I want to talk about this, but my time has gone now, so I'm going to stop. JB Philip says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you. And you know, the sheer volume of the lies and and there's a popular saying that when people hear lies and tell a particular lies, ever so often people will begin to believe it. Sometimes people will say lies, they know they are lying, and they may even apologize for it, you know, and the mainstream media do this a lot. They, they, they will apologize for it, but they know that people have had the lies anyway, and they know that a whole lot of people's mind will be poisoned. That is the tactics people use in the world today. They just want to, to lie about people. They want to just, you know, slay their their character and even they say well we are sorry but a lot of people don't even hear the apology they've and people people have their mind have been poisoned against other people so jb phillips said don't let the world around you squeeze you into his own mold don't let the sheer volume of the lie around you make you question the truth rather let god remove your mind from within. So we're going to stop there today by the grace of God. And I'm going to pick it up here because there's still an issue that I still need to talk about in this shift that took place in the heart of Eve. But it's not about Eve today. It's about you. It's about me. So that we don't allow the devil to get away with using the same tactic, the same deceit, the same, you know, the Bible calls it the wiles of the devil, the same scheme. So we don't allow him to use that same trick on us today because he's using this trick. We must stand against him. The Bible says we must resist him. And if you are listening to me today, I want you to know that God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you have bought into the lie of the devil that says that if God is good, if God is powerful, if God is love, he won't send you to hell. 
there is hell. But because God is good, because God is love, he has made a way for you not to go there. And that way is the way of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you come to him for help, he will help you. Then you won't go to hell. All right. All you have to do is to admit that you cannot do this yourself. You are a sinner. You cannot save yourself. And that God has provided a way. Accept Jesus as that savior. Ask him to come into your life. He will come in. He will be your Lord. He will be your God. He will change you from inside out. Then you will follow him. And when you die, you'll be with him. You'll be a son. You'll be a daughter. That is the way to escape eternal hell. But it's not only about escaping hell. It's also about living a life that is fulfilled here, that glorify him. And that is the way to live it. So do it today because tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.